So the big question is, how can physical therapists create a successful career earning six figures or more and give patients the care they need without relying on insurance companies for reimbursement? If you want to learn the answers to those questions and more, then you've come to the right place. My name is Dr. Aaron LeBauer, physical therapist, business coach, serial entrepreneur, and author of the Cash PT Blueprint. Thanks for joining me today. Hey, what's up? Welcome back to the Cash PT Lunch Hour podcast. This is your host, Aaron LeBauer, and today my special guest is Dr. E. Um, Dr. E is a um, longtime friend, frequent visitor to the podcast, and Urson Religioso, he is the uh, modern manual therapist, but he also does some amazing things with um, e-commerce. Um, he does amazing things with people's bodies and helping them heal. He's got a, owns a cash practice. And if you haven't heard of him, you should, he's been on this show quite a few times and I couldn't tell you which episode number that was, but, um, Erson, thanks for joining us on the show. I appreciate having you here today. Yeah, no problem, Aaron. It's always good to, uh, to reconnect and to be on the podcast again. And I know that. I don't know what number it was either, but I know I was one of the first before yep. it was, before it was lunch hour. Yeah. Yeah. You were one of the first and then we didn't, we did one a couple years ago and you know, I feel like we've probably done more, but I think I've done a few of your little short ones, uh, for your podcast. Yeah. You've been the, on my um, podcast, at least, uh, untold physio stories podcast. Yeah. Um, you've yep. been on there a couple of times. Yeah. And, well. and we, the cool thing about Urson, everyone is that Urson's one of those people in my world who, um, we'll just get on a, a zoom or a phone call, um, and just chat and help each other out. Like Urson's helping me like, uh, you today I had a question about like, how do I automate some shipping? And he does a lot of drop shipping, but you know, we'll just chat and throw up some ideas and it's been really great. And I think, um, for everyone to know, I remember when we first connected there, what it was before, it was a little before Facebook's time, but really Facebook was around, but it was on like some, uh, like internet forum and someone was giving Urson a lot of crap. We always <laughs> have to talk about this because really if it weren't, if it weren't for me getting trolled, um uh, on my blog when blogs were big Aaron and yeah. I maybe wouldn't have met right and this right. beautiful friendship and all these all the all this lemonade was formed from lemons but yeah, yeah. It, you know it's funny I always tell people too um that Aaron is you're one of the only people I know in in the industry who I reach out to regularly and we just catch up about business and everything mm-hmm. you know um and yeah, it, it's, it's, a, it's a regular thing. I mean, some people I haven't talked to in years and it's, it's weird because so many things have changed, but I mean, I think we, we do a zoom for no reason for not, not producing content. Um, right. and just to catch up at least every other month or so. Yeah. Yeah. If, if we like go that. a quarter, if we go a quarter without speaking to each other, it's probably because of a pandemic and nothing <laughs> new happened. <laughs> right. And half the time Urson's on his, uh, like indoor trampoline getting his steps in, I think. I know I have the camera on now, so I can't like do all my bouncing and my marching. I'll just pretend like I'm flying my X-wing. Yeah. Oh, that's right. I was going to ask you in an X-wing. I couldn't tell if you're an X-wing or uh, Avengers. Yeah, this is an X-wing. Yeah, I'm an X-wing pilot today. So are you a big Star Wars fan? Uh, I am a big Star Wars fan. Most, I mean, not as much as Marvel, but I do love Star Wars. Yeah. Like, do you remember... And I know we're going to get a, a little off topic, but uh, you know, like I, we'll, we'll get to, I got some cool business questions for him first, but I want to ask when was your first experience with star Wars and what was that like for you? Uh, well, um, I was born in 75. Mm-hmm. So I believe, you know, a new hope I was too young to see in the theaters, 
but all my friends had been talking about Star Wars. My brothers were talking about Star Wars. And, you know, way back in the original trilogy, it was like five or six years before the next movie came out. It wasn't two years later. It wasn't this mm-hmm. automated process, very streamlined, where, you know, the next billion dollar blockbuster comes out in every two years. So my mother, I remember I begged her to take me to see Empire Strikes Back. So I didn't even need, I didn't even seen Star Wars. My first Star Wars movie, I didn't, I didn't see New Hope. I was Empire Strikes Back, which is arguably, you know, one of the best ones. And uh, I loved it. And I remember my poor mom just took me to go see in the theater. I didn't go with friends or anything, but at least I could talk about it with my with my friends. And wow, I was pretty shocked that, yeah. uh, spoiler alert, about Darth Vader is a big... Right. Uh, big reveal at the end (laughs) (laughs) i remember my brother and i i was born in 73 my brother was born in 75 and we didn't see it either but my parents wouldn't let us go to empire strikes back or that was 78 i was too young but by i think return yeah empire strikes back i believe was 85 or something like Like, i was definitely i was definitely old enough to see it you know like i was so we were seven or something like that my brother and i got our parents to either rent a Betamax version of A New Hope or we were able to finally get it on HBO. And I remember sitting there and when the 20th Century Fox thing comes on, it's like, dum dum, and the music starts. We're like, oh, those are the guns. Those are the yeah. things. Because we just knew about it, but we didn't know what it was about because, you know, like yeah. you can only hear the stories. And I remember that moment. And I think I've seen that movie a hundred times. I, you know. I know. I've seen the original tri- trilogy a lot. You know, that's yeah. back when... You didn't have unlimited content, right? On your hand, in your hand, like how often do you watch anything? Like I'm rewatching all this, all the Marvel movies now with my mm-hmm. older three kids, and it's great rewatching yeah. it with them. But I, I've never rewatched an entire movie other than maybe I saw you know Endgame twice, or I saw right. Infinity War twice, or something in the theaters with my brothers. But it, I, you don't watch it over. You don't have the time to watch it like over and over again. Plus, there's like always new content. There's a lot of new options. Yeah, I'm, I'm watching. Options. I'm watching all the Marvel movies in timeline order now too. I'm like up to Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> oh man, that's one of the best ones. <laughs> it's so good. It's so it good. is really good. It's so quirky and weird. And, yeah, um, that's really awesome. What uh, is there anything like? Let's make. Let's relate this to like. Let's, let's relate this to business. Let's relate this to business. Besides being what Aaron and Urson generally talk about, um, yeah. well, when you look at some of these, let me just ask you this: like, when you look at, let's say, movie franchises, or um, you know, or like media, like the access to media, do you like what are the parallels that you see to, let's say, your business or um, physical therapy? Like, are you doing things differently because of? like the trends you see in like mainstream media, like, is there, like, I, I can think of things that like, I'm like, oh yeah, like I, I would only buy, th- I don't watch movies. I only watch old movies multiple times when I was a kid. Cause there was no access. Like, is there something in there that you see as some of these trends that you're like, okay, I'm looking out for this in my business to make sure that I'm staying at the front and the cutting edge. Yeah. I mean, I think I, you and I have talked about this a lot over the years is I try to see whatever is current and topical and, beyond that right Mm -hmm. Um, because i I talked about blogs being a thing and and i often still talk about it's just important to have your content everywhere i mean i've said that for years and i've probably Mm -hmm. said it the last time we were talking um and there's always new means of getting content out there and there are certain things that i just haven't gotten around to like i said i would never do tiktok but 
you know, everyone else introduced their own version of TikTok and now they're a real, like Instagram has its reels, right? So I see what is out there and I, I just can't bring myself to do, say, um, what's working for a lot of YouTube content creators is they do like 30, 40 minute, like super highly produced shows. Right. Like we follow a lot of RV YouTubers and they're always like RVing all over the place. We have an RV and we set up this channel. We were going to do this. I was like, man, they're literally putting like a whole week's worth of work and like licensing music and editing it. And so it looks professional. Um, and I have all that gear, but I don't want to put that much time into a free show. Mm-hmm. And I know they're like, they're making a ton of money, but I'd rather just do you know, as little as possible, get, get the most gain. So I look at, at, you know, as soon as Instagram introduced reels, for example, I just said, well, what's the difference between, uh, I was making three to five minute videos, like four to five years ago. Um, and then that switched to like 30 second to one minute videos when Instagram got really popular. Right. So most of my minute, most of my videos were taken from long seminars or I would only film like a minute at a time. And that was really easy. And now there's the 15, 15 to 30 second limit because of reels. And now YouTube has shorts. And, you know, every time any of these uh, new uh, social media platforms or um, content platforms introduces something like that, they, they tend to feature that or they put it in front of more people's feeds, right? So if I did like a one minute and I've experimented with this several times over the past couple months, if I do a one minute Instagram video, it might get two to 4,000 views. If I do a 30 second Instagram reel, which I edit on my phone, I don't even really, I don't have to talk or anything. It's so easy. I literally spend five minutes doing it. I edit it on my iPhone clips app, which, you know, you can put into music, you can put in text. It's super easy, super slick. You can choose the aspect ratio. I've also found crazily enough because I was so big on you know several years ago like every you know hold your camera in landscape when when people take a movie of me i'm like make sure it's a landscape no portrait now people watch it more in portrait even over square i just did an experiment where i released the same video in square and the same video in in portrait and more the portrait one 30 seconds got twenty thousand, and the square only got four thousand. wow so i mean forget about landscape now unless you're basically shooting something long mm-hmm. you know that that is highly produced and is probably like a seminar people are not going to watch an entire seminar at least that i know of in portrait and i mean vertical by portrait right. if you guys aren't right. aware right. of that it's funny because i always tell my wife like, turn it horizontal <laughs> like, pick some i know horizontal. right <laughs> you want that for your family memories <laughs> right. right but i mean everyone everyone watches like that now too and i've I mean, I was against it for at least five to seven years. Now I'm kind of like portrait, yeah. at least for my business. And it really, I mean, you can't beat 20,000 views for f- five minutes of work. Right. No, or that's less. awesome. I'm going to yeah. need to go do that. So what was that app on your phone that you, do you, are you, to make these Instagram reels, are, are you using Instagram app? Or you said you're using like a clips app on the iPhone? Yeah, it's called, it's called, um, it's an I, it's an Apple app called clips. So you just download it, from the app store. It doesn't come um, native to iOS and okay. it, you can use it on your iPad and iPhone. It's honestly easier to use it on your iPhone. You can choose the aspect ratio. You can choose um, whether it's horizontal or vertical. And it has like a bunch of little pre-made stickers like sound on, or you can mm-hmm. you can um, re-record, vo- you can voice over it. Um, it's so easy to add like pictures and text and everything. Um, it, could, it even has like if you're, 
if you're talking and you re-record, if you re-record audio, it actually transcribes it for you and puts it in at the bottom as subtitles. Oh, cool. That's so easy. yeah, it's, That's it's, awesome. um, it's pretty slick and yeah, I do, I do everything. In the, um, and the reason why I don't use Instagram is because then you're tied to basically uploading it to Instagram. You have to download it back off Instagram and the quality is never as good. Mm. So I, I edit the, v- the video native on my iPhone or iPad and that way, and then I upload it to Google drive. And then I upload that same video to Instagram, YouTube for its new shorts, um, LinkedIn, and Twitter and LinkedIn Facebook. does like a thing like this too. They all do. <laughs> I know. I couldn't believe it. Like my LinkedIn videos just until recently were getting maybe like whatever, two likes, 20 yeah. views or something. I don't know what happened with my last video. It's gotten a thousand views on LinkedIn. Wow. That's a lot. That is a huge, That you know, it's funny. Like LinkedIn used to be like it used to be a great place to connect with other physical therapists. At least now it's just a bunch of recruiters and people that Ugh, want like it's the my worst. Like every time and they want to market for me and they want to coach me and all this. I stuff. know. Like, I mean, yeah, anytime I see someone who's a coach or whatever, I instantly just like, I don't know this person. If it's just like a clinician only with nothing about coach or wellness, or I help other, as soon as I see I help, I'm just like, I just want to block this person because right. within like, two days that you get this automated like hey Aaron I just noticed I loved your latest post on whatever and yeah I, I mean, you're also a, a coach are do you need help <laughs> growing your business Ugh, like I know like no uh last time I checked I <laughs> you know I have more followers than you <laughs> you know it's like how do these I mean LinkedIn no. is a little different but most of the people you get like the same kind of spam on Facebook and YouTube yeah. They have like three followers. And, yeah. like and I think it's what, I, what I've realized country. is I think some of those, like some of them are real people, but a lot of those ones are zero followers. I think there's the bots. They keep setting up and keep getting shut down. But like the, I've gotten this message. And it's like, your account isn't any good. Do you need help making it good? I'm like, who's to say my account's not good? Neither is your English. Right? I know. Yeah. And it's, it's crazy. I know there are people on here listening who are like, yeah, I get those too. And sometimes like, well, should I do it? I don't know. Have you ever responded to anyone who's like, yeah, someone just like asked that? me about this. Someone just asked me honestly about, um, cause I also do website setup and I, you know, I optimize, help people optimize their website. So it's mobile optimized and you get the best kind of SEO. What I can tell you is you will get, uh, for your websites, weekly emails about, Hey, I just, I'm an SEO content expert. And I just noticed your website just is poor in the following five things. And that very well may be true. But what I can tell you is there is no one, there is no way to cheat at SEO or search engine optimization. I think there used to be a way, ways you can hack it, but essentially you need content, you need a fast website, and you need um, certain things that Google will automatically rank you higher. Like you need, again, a website that loads fast. You, do, you don't want to have too much like JavaScript or plugins that kind of slow it down. Your host shouldn't be too slow. I remember like one of your original funnels was like super slow. I'm like, Aaron, yeah. like I'm trying my affiliate link and it's like taking over two minutes of load and timing out. And I'm pretty sure we're not like flooding it, you know, with traffic right now. Right. Um, right. And and that was like- a page that we had a lot of trouble with in there was like some hidden code in there from it being a template of something else that we had used. We only like, we got it to actually kind of to speed up. And then Jake and I found it like about just like six weeks ago. And he was like, Oh, here's the code. And we just got yeah. rid of it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, 
Um, you know, and there's other things too that you can you can do, like make sure that you don't have um, an interstitial pop-up that's bigger than two thirds of the screen. You know, uh, that's why I, I went after Google said, hey, we're gonna like decrease your search ranking if you have a pop-up, whether it's like one of those exit intent pop-ups, mm -hmm. meaning like you scroll, you scroll, then you scroll back up or whatever. It uses some kind of machine learning that, that says like, oh, this person's gonna leave. So you pop up like, hey, are you sure you're leaving? Anytime you have a pop-up that takes up more than so much of the screen, that also will decrease your ranking. So you can do things to, to prevent the decrease in ranking, but in terms of increase, basically you need content. You need content and you need, um, you need regular traffic and there's many different ways to get traffic, which is why I always say you need to produce as much free content on as many different platforms as possible, whether it's Instagram. I do Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, Twitter. Um, I pretty much release either the same content or different versions, like maybe a minute long on one platform and 30 mm -hmm. seconds long on another platform of, of essentially the same content. And then I do podcasts because podcasts are really still a growing thing. They are. Are you still posting to your blog and having guests blog? Um, I do. Like the posts? majority of, I just use like, I repurpose people's Instagram posts or mm -hmm. other people's blog posts um, with their permission. And the only reason why I do that is for evergreen content because I, yeah no one goes to it directly. I have like a small handful of followers, but when Facebook started, you know, basically making everyone boost their posts for like the smallest amount of reach. I mean, like they got us. So, you know, seven years ago, I would post something, put a picture with it and I was I'd get 200,000 reach crazy right. for free. Right. It was nuts. Um, and then I kept on decreasing and decreasing, decreasing. Now you have to like pay a lot of money to get a fraction of that reach. Um, so, you know, on Facebook, I may boost something for a small amount, um, but I, I can I can always measure my ROI because I'm going to target it to to PTs. And I know what you said, it's easier for me because I have products versus like a service that people would have to trust you for. Mm -hmm. Right. That, that that's a difference. But I do the same thing for my clinic. It's, and, and it is harder to to essentially do like a cold ad versus a warm ad. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, cold ads for, I've learned like cold ads for clinic, but also cold ads for online products and courses. They're really, um, really difficult, but I think that's what a lot of people, um, start with, right. They start yeah. with just like an ad to sell a product. Are, is there, is there a specific way that you are generating leads and nurturing them these days? Um, you know, before you offer them like your products, like how, how is that working for you and what's working well? Yeah. I mean, usually what I'll do is um, I'll just boost something on Instagram and Facebook for the smallest amount. Um, sometimes I know if I, if I see the video is doing particularly well without a boost, I'll boost it for like, say a hundred bucks. Mm -hmm. And that way you can always add like a call to action. My call to action leads directly to my funnel. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And are um, you creating audiences out of the people that like interact with those or are you finding something that is already has some traction organically and you're like, okay, let's give it a little push. Yeah. Um, I still have people sign up like for free eBooks on my mm -hmm. site. Um, I honestly don't, I don't check to see where my audience is, is currently coming from. I used to have a bunch of little separate audiences and tags and everything. And it was too much for me to manage because I had yeah. too much going on. So now I just funnel everyone into my main kind of store plus seminars plus blog audience. And it's just easy for me to manage that way. Um, and again, because I don't have VAs or anything, I don't like yeah. analyze all the different tags that I've like auto applied to everyone. Like these came from 
this funnel or this came from buying this product. Um, but I do still have like, you know, depending on where they signed up from, I definitely have email automations that welcome them. And they, they, the email automation is, is my first funnel. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of years ago when I spoke for um, VizCon 20, no, not 2020. 2020. Yeah. No, 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 no. It was one, it was one. Um, when you came to came one to- of our platinum mastermind events. Yes. Yes. And I was talking about those, um, the web stories, Google's web stories. Mm-hmm. That, that is just another way that, um, like I repurposed those to be the beginning of a funnel because not only are they, they going to show up in search, but I just think they're really easy and slick kind of almost ebook like things. Right? right. So I'll take my Instagram reel. That's a 30 second video, but I'll build a whole story around it and a story on the web like Google is essentially like an Instagram story, the way an Instagram story is supposed to be done. I don't even do this on Instagram. Like I don't actually have like five slides that are all tied together thematically. Like this is what I did on vacation today. And you know, a lot of real great influencers will have like a live video and they'll have like a bunch of posts and pictures and it's all tied together like a story. Mm -hmm. Um, The way Google surfaces these things in search is you'll get like on your Google discover or your Google app on Android, if you swipe, to the left on Android, you'll have like Google Discover and you'll have like certain stories on there. There'll be like, I don't know, a great recipe for, like I always get vegan recipes, right? Nice. So I'll just click on them and it's always like, you know, a bunch of a bunch of different pictures and then but a bunch of quick videos. So those same like 30 second, 15, 30 second videos, I'll have a, a question, right? Like, or, or some sort of thing that someone will be searching for, like how to cure your sciatica and I'll talk a little bit about what it is. Then I'll take the same reel and I'll put it in there. And at the end, I'll have a call to action button on it because you can actually add without having 10,000 followers, you can add a call to action button. Um, and I have a call to action button on every page because mm-hmm. I have some for clinicians. I'm like, swipe up for my 12 hour online course. And then I'll have one at the end for my patients. It says like, um, do you need more help than this? You know, come consult with Dr. E, better enforced, you may know more. Nice. And then I'll have a, uh, something that will lead to my clinic page, which has its own kind of also um, opt-ins and, and lead generators. How many, so, how many views are you getting through these like Google? Are these are called store, Google, Google stories? Web stories? Google web stories. How many views are you getting on each of those? Do you know? Not a lot right now mm-hmm. because they're prioritizing. They're not prioritizing health. Yeah. They're prioritizing like recipes right. and tech things and things about Our video images, games. We upload like to Google like I think through the business suite, we'll upload like, uh, we'll repurpose like our Instagram content to that or an upload yeah. images. We'll get 50,000 views. You know, say your, your image got 50,000 views. I'm like, holy cow, really? Yeah, I know. That's the crazy thing. Like, yeah, the only thing I've ever gone viral on is Google maps. Like mm-hmm. I'm this level eight Google maps reviewer. Cause I reviewed and post so many pictures and videos. My pictures have gotten something like 50, 50 million views. <laughs> I'm Maps, but it's like about other people's businesses and restaurants and things right. that I like or don't like, not like my own business. Does it? Does is that the same account that you've listed your business with, and does it help your business, or is it? No, just, it doesn't. Like, I just like yeah. to do it altruistically because yeah. I, you know, I remember someone actually at your Platinum Mastermind thanked me. He's like, "Oh, you're one of those reviewers," because I had like this advanced feature at the time when we like right. walked out of the restaurant. You know, we didn't know where to go. And I'm like, oh, look, I can hold up my phone. And I have, I had the AR before anyone else. Mm-hmm. Like, or, or like oh, it tells you like walk 12, 12 feet this way and then make a right. You know, I had like the big arrows on my phone. He's like, how'd yeah. you get that? I'm like, oh, I'm a, I'm a Google 
maps review and it's like oh i really appreciate people like you because it helps me decide whether or not i want to go to a restaurant or something right but does it actually help my business no it doesn't i wish i could somehow tie that to my business but someone would have to click on i mean when is the last time you clicked on a google reviewer very never right very they could little. potentially go down that hole where they clicked on me right. then saw my businesses and then right. clicked on those but, but it didn't give you more like juice as a you no, know no no it didn't no, give no, you no. more juice um before we finish up person i do want to talk about something like um and i want i want to make sure we i don't get off I, I'm, i'd be happy to keep going down this road but i want to shift <laughs> no. directions um because this is incredibly valuable uh because you guys is know it? like <laughs> <laughs> the you know but it's the technology keeps changing and google's like yeah. one of the number one things for our business like number Absolutely. one traffic source um but urson you also have and more like what's pertinent i thought i should hit this because i said we'll talk about the beginning but you also have a part of your business where you um teach seminars yeah and for a long time last year you couldn't teach seminars mm-hmm. can you just share a little bit like you know maybe a little bit about what you did what you um did instead but what are you doing are you doing anything differently now that your seminars are back up and how has that transition starting up these seminars again how has that been for you is there different yeah i mean things it, it was different what was different this year versus last year last year i had to cancel all my seminars right as yeah. you know you had to you had to go live um this year i partnered with a company called redefined health education so i started teaching live virtual seminars as opposed to selling my pre-recorded seminars. Um, if any of you guys are out there and you've ever taught a seminar, you've ever taught anything live, it's super easy just to get a good light and a good mic um, and just record it, which is all I did is I recorded one of my, my you know, like my two-day flagship seminar. I edited it myself. You could always pay someone to do that. Then I put it up for sale, um, you know, for a fraction of the price, like a third of the price of the live and that has been evergreen um, and basically monthly recurring revenue for me. Um, during the pandemic last year, I, pr- I first put it 50% off. As much as I didn't want to do that, I got a ton more sales because no one could go anywhere. Right. Um, but it really devalued the content. So right now I have it at 25% off. Um, but 50%, even though I sold more, I didn't want to really devalue mine or any of my other faculty's content. Mm-hmm. Now that I'm back live again, um, I'm mostly teaching closed courses because I just don't know what the market will be like and who knows what's going to happen in the fall. We never know, right? Summer, everything's all warm and open. So even colds and flus tended to be better. So I'm teaching closed courses, meaning that I have like a fixed honorarium guaranteed versus Mm -hmm. my normal open course, like open to the outside clinicians and we do profit sharing with the host that that normally is way more lucrative for me as long as the host has a good network and I can geo target enough people through my list and ads to get to that course and it's a popular destination like like Boston or New York or Chicago or something like that I usually have no trouble bringing it in um so this year I've mainly stuck to like corporate or closed courses for for companies um I am our first live course went really well so I have um two more live courses in the fall with Redefine Health Education. Um, Katie O'Bright started that company. It's a startup. Mm-hmm. And I think she has a really good platform for that. So she's always looking for more people, Aaron, and and, yeah. con- and new content, whether you want to teach it like a one or three hour live, it's a lot different than, than watching a recorded webinar. Yeah, for you sure. Know, because I actually had live participants and I had like a live model I was demonstrating on. Then I had 
I was able to give feedback from everyone else's through their webcam, but when they were actually practicing on people, cause they were supposed to bring their own participants. Oh, wow. Interesting. Yeah. So, um, what was it? Was there anything different? Like, was it interesting for you getting back? Like, with COVID protocols or masking or like yeah, you guys I having mean, to have less people? I mean, what's the... Well, the first course I taught was a closed course again. It was 30, but it was like a huge open gym, mm-hmm. you know, and everyone is masked. And I think the thing that was most difficult for me as a speaker speaking 16 hours, I mean, you know, I'm cash-based. I don't see a huge uh, amount of patients. So it's not like I wasn't able to take mask breaks, but literally right. wearing a mask the whole air- time at the airport, the whole time in a plane, I went to, I, you know, went to the hotel, rested, then wearing a mask for another eight hours straight. Um, the hardest part, and I told you this earlier, was like me keeping the mask on my own face. Like mm-hmm. I'm talking, talking, talking the entire time. And the more you talk, the more it slips down. Right. You know, and even when you're working on patients and everything, it's not like continue, you're not continuously talking, but when you're teaching and I see, I can keep on like lifting it up. I'm like, this is so pointless. And the longer I had it on, the more like my nose was was running and I'm like, oh, here I am in like the middle of pandemic. My nose is running. I, every time I like, I, I, I'm like, okay, now it's time for you to practice. I had to run to the bathroom and blow my nose, you know? Mm-hmm. And then I just went for a walk in the park, um, which I normally do anyway, but I was just so happy to like be outside and take my mask off. Yeah. So that was, that was different. The next one was a closed course. Everyone was vaccinated. There was only like nine people um, as opposed to like the, the 40 or 50 people in the course I taught before. And, and, you know, the owner just said, we're fine if you don't wear a mask. And I, and I was cool with that. Yeah. Yeah. Do you so know, was, like, I got some flack online. People are like, oh, it's yeah. gross. I can't believe you guys are doing cervical techniques and touching faces without, without wearing gloves. I'm like, at some point, this stuff has to end, right. you know, like, and I know, I know everyone's afraid and everything. And I totally get that. But I mean, if everyone's vaccinated, I don't think we have to wear gloves. Right. To like, I'm not doing needling or anything like that. I mean, well, I've even taught needling like you don't need you don't need to. Well, I guess gloves with needling. Oh, is it no alcohol? Like, <laughs> like yeah. Well, I, I mean, don't know. Alcohol, certain... like you're just smearing it around, and I'm like, well, what is a glove gonna do? I don't know. It's it's interesting. Like, what is the what? I guess there's an intersection between what we're doing that we think is helping. It's probably like treating patients. What we're doing, you think, is helping. What we're doing that's actually helping, and what makes us feel good. Yeah. Right. Yeah. What makes us feel comfortable. Right. And that's, it goes across the board with, I think all the things that we do. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, th- getting back to courses, I mean, it was great. It was great to travel again, but I mean, there's definitely, it's definitely not like it was, but I think it, we're, yeah. we are definitely slowly getting there. Yeah. What do you see with the two minutes we have left? Uh, <laughs> what do you see as the, like, what's the, I'm not going to say the future long-term, but like, what's the next uh, year have in store for you or for us it's not as friends, but like us as physical therapists or physical therapy business owners, like, what do you see? Do you see any trends coming along, whether it's, it is with the pandemic and COVID or with technology, or is there something that you well, can I think say? The trend like, that I've, I mean, last year I heard of a, a couple of places that I know were doing really, really well before. Um, and they were only doing physician marketing and not direct marketing mm-hmm. and they ended up closing. Yeah. And, and that's really a shame. And they were doing really well before it. And, you know, we, you even come on my podcast before and talked about why you shouldn't market directly to physicians. <laughs> right. <laughs> and we both had a story about that. Um, but I surprisingly, I've heard a lot of stories though, from different clinic owners who have reached out to me, whether they're just purchasing my products or 
Um, they want to host me or something. And I always ask, hey, how, how's, how have you been doing over the past year in 2020, 2021? And a lot of people are up. A lot of people are doing better. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I haven't found that. I, I had to go virtual and I'm now just getting a, a space again before um, if someone didn't want virtual, I was, I was going, um, concierge and that's great. I don't mind providing that service, but you can, you can't see as many patients when you're driving right. like to someone who's like half hour apart. I mean, I didn't do this to do home care, you know, um, and even though I'm getting paid for it, I'd rather just have a space. So, I mean, what's the future hold? I would say there is more demand than ever for, I think, good concierge based practice, cash PT, um, I do see that virtual, I think is kind of here to stay and more and more payers are actually covering virtual. Um, so that's, that's a great thing for us. Um, at the same time, I don't really, you know, I don't exactly have the pulse of HMOs and Medicare and anything. So I am not the person to ask about any of that stuff because I've been cash based forever and I never look back. Yeah. Um, yeah. what about you? I mean, what do you think? You know, I think the the thing that's coming down the road, and I've just been waiting for it to happen, was I know that I know that um, insurance is paying less and less. Um, right. There's going to come mean, a yeah, point. No, it's not. Right, it's never been paying more and more. It's never been paying more and more. <laughs> there, there's going to come a point where I won't say the system's going to break, but the enough um, independent physical therapists who are still in network are just going to find themselves struggling because insurance is paying so little and they can't pay. Their, their staff PT staff like physical therapists enough um, and there's going to come a point which more and more people are just moving out of network now that's not going to change anything for me it's going to be the two or three years after that where patients realize that physical therapists are and seeing a physical therapist is more like going to your dentist or the vet that's really my, my long-term like I'm just seeing that is coming I don't know when it's going to coming I think the next year I think it's still our greatest opportunity to get in front of patients directly. I think people are, if they're, if they weren't online before, they're more and more online now. And the care delivery methods that we have, which we thought was the only way we could help people was through our hands are, um, also through our knowledge and our skill and our expertise and diagnosis and problem solving and not just, how we touch people and the treatment techniques we do. And I think once we embrace that, then, um, then physical therapists will become even more prominent part of the healthcare team for people in pain. That's my big, uh, I think right now is the best opportunity for that. Yeah. Um, I mean, you gave me a great idea last year because you said that some of your clients were reaching out to you like, Hey, I based my entire practice around needling or my entire practice around my fascial release. Mm-hmm. And now everyone's going virtual. So, you know, I taught that virtual manual therapy webinar and I got like almost hundred people signed up and it was like, nice. it was cheap, but I mean, in only an hour, but yeah, it was a great, it was a great way to make up for me not having live courses. And, you know, that's that kind of thing where you just, you need to solve right? You know, you need to solve a problem that's right. out there. And I think that virtual is definitely here to stay and you need to be able to transition, not to be able to touch someone or you need to be able to do something, um, online. Um, and this is just a quick, like clinical pearl. Uh, there was a guy who, um, he's a PT and a psychologist, uh, who did a webinar for me on, on burnout, um, or no, on patient, um, therapeutic alliance, but he also does one on burnout. And um, he said, psychologically, if you are interacting with someone 
that you over over Zoom or Google Meet or whatever, you need to be extra animated. So this is that's why one of those things where I like when I'm on these things, like I'm always like, ah, like I laugh a lot, right? Or like I I look directly at the camera and I'm I try to be as extra animated as possible. And if you um you you reach more people that way because there's a barrier here Mm -hmm. that there wasn't before. Um, and even masks are a barrier too, but if you're doing things virtual, you want, try to be extra animated and you'll, you'll have a bit more of a connection than if you're maybe your normal, not as animated self. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, we, even with the mask on, you have to like smile with your eyes. Yes. How do you smile? I know. How do you show people you're smiling versus you wear sunglasses that... and a mask anymore, you know? Yeah. Like that mean face, like I'm thinking, <laughs> my, my, I'm thinking, I'm my, I'm processing face. Right. That's my processing face. <laughs> um, all right, Erson, thanks for coming on the show. Is there anything else? Uh, well, where do people, where's the best place for people to find you if they want to learn more about you or connect? Sure. Yeah. I'm at Modern Manual Therapy on Facebook and Instagram and the underscore OMPT on Twitter mm-hmm. at Modern Manual Therapy on YouTube. Uh, if you go to edge mobility system or modernmanualtherapy.com or uh, all my sites are mod mt like modmt.com mm-hmm. slash sites that has everything i offer all in one thing yeah it's awesome. kind of like my vir- my virtual business card and you've got uh online courses websites you've got like pro- therapy products like uh bands and um, yeah i have bfr things. bands bf online bfr certification i have a four-month online mentorship program that includes nutrition bfr certification modern manual therapy and patient education we're, we're going to add also barbell coming up nice. um modern barbell therapy and modern post-op rehab so we think at, in six months that we'll be covering it all more right. comprehensive than the majority of programs that are like only manual therapy or only right. needling or only pain science or something like that. We want to have some, a little something for everyone and everyone who's gone through our mentorship has definitely come out a better clinician. That's awesome. And you have coffee. You know what? I stopped the coffee, oh, you stopped the coffee. <laughs> but I was buying the coffee more than anyone. So <laughs> but yeah, I thought it was great. I called it East yeah. M coffee. I mean, East like, M I just coffee. thought it was like a great, I think it's awesome. Great, well, like, kind of PT brand, right? Yeah. East M that you want. Right, right. Easton that you want. <laughs> I liked it. I And then I made my own brand of coffee. So Then you did. I know. That's fine. <laughs> it was a great idea. I loved it. It's the rise and grind. Yeah. <laughs> People were just confused. People were like, uh, do you sell PT stuff or are you a coffee shop? I'm like, all right, I can't do this both. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You want me to send you a bag of coffee? Do you have? <laughs> yeah, I liked your coffee. You know what? Your coffee, I ran out of my coffee sometime during the pandemic and things were just like, you know, this is like when you can only get Instacart like every other yep. week. I went down into my storage and I'm like, oh, here's, here's the coffee that Aaron sent me for BizCon. That never happened. I know. Well, it happened virtually, not in person. And Right. Oh, man. So um, awesome, dude. Well, I'll send you a bag. I'll send you a bag of coffee. All right. It's awesome to have you on the show and uh, it's awesome to have you as a good friend. So I appreciate yeah. everything that you do. Um, if you guys uh, want to learn more about Urson and some of the things he's doing, He's an incredible uh, person, incredibly knowledgeable about a lot of different things. He's got some amazing products. Just check him out. Um, and uh, if you if you got something out of the show, if you got an insight. I hope um, you did. It was I really disjointed. I can yep. guarantee you that every product and course that I teach, 
is way more focused than this podcast. Well, I have ADD, so you know, it, <laughs> I lead people down ten different directions. Right, right. But if you got an insight, I appreciate it if you guys would share it with everyone. So go to like take your insight from this show, and you maybe you take a screenshot of the show or screenshot of us on YouTube and share it as an Instagram story and tag both of us, and we'll reshare it uh, so that other people can um, get access to your insights. And uh, we'll see you on the next episode. Thanks. All right. Have a good day. Hey, what's up? It's Aaron. Real quick, if you're just starting a cash-based physical therapy practice or you already have one and you want to learn how to grow it and scale it, this is for you. I just released my brand new book, The Cash PT Blueprint. Because I want to get this book in the hands of every physical therapist out there. I want to give it away to you for free. All I ask is that you pay a little bit of shipping and handling and you'll not only get the steps to create your own cash practice, but the tools to grow it and scale it beyond what everyone else thinks is possible. To snag your copy right now, go to cashptblueprintbook.com. That's C-A-S-H-P-T-B-L-U-E-P-R-I-N-T-B-O-O-K.com. And we get your copy, give me a shout out somewhere on social media, and we'll talk to you soon.